let the little children come to me. Don't forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Operation Christmas Child is a way for the little children to come to Almighty God. That is the best gift of all, is becoming part of God's family. The mission of Operation Christmas Child never changes. Children are coming to Jesus. Children are being discipled. And children are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. These children are brave and bold, not afraid, and they're not ashamed of the gospel. They're trained and equipped to go out and share their faith with others. And many times in areas where it's an unreached people group, the Bible tells us the time is now. Let them come, Jesus said. Let them come. And they're coming. They're coming by the millions. Every single box represents the life of a young boy, a young girl, who will be touched by the gospel. Jesus has come to give them light, that they do not need to be in the darkness, that they have hope, that they have joy. And it is our prayer that this glorious light of the gospel will flow among the nations and will fill our land with the knowledge of the glory of God. The Lord God Almighty desires to fulfill His redemptive plan for mankind in and through each of us and all of us. All of us are children of God. We share this incredible opportunity to take the gospel truly to the ends of the earth by gathering children to Jesus. I believe this year for Operation Christmas Child, this may be the most important year, most important opportunity that we'll ever have. And reach the children in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray that God will use these shoebox gifts to make a difference in the children's life for eternity.
wonder I can't help but sing, dance, shout, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He has been so good to me. Can't help it. Can't help but praise Him. I'm still praying for my little son. God to bring him back. I know he gets all this morning. I just want to give God glory. God has to pray. Amen. He answers them all the time. I'm so nothing big, nothing, nothing miraculous. How about we call this morning and he has a prayer? Oh, the door's been asked. He's been hurt. He's still in the hall. He's just back. I know that's been on like something that you may not know about. It's something that you're about to do. God to do that. That is like a repentance type of thing. So I left out of there crying. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray that God answers this prayer that is friendly to Jesus. Join in with me in that prayer. Most of all, that God would heal the heart of that boy of mine. My goodness. Well, good morning. Thank you. 
thousand. There was estimated eighty-five thousand elders of Presbyterians. You know what that means? That means that the number of elders of Presbyterians grows here by approximately twenty-seven percent. That means by the year twenty twenty-two, everybody's family will have at least two elders. I guess the elders are here this morning, but let's admit it. Let's admit it. There isn't a single one of us that hasn't done something that elders did. We ever say, uh huh, or maybe the gentleman elders say, what's the deal? We've done something. But that makes us all guilty of that. However, we came in to do it for five years, 
we have met together. Now, the Bible only tells us about one Samaritan, and that's the one that returned to Jesus. But deep down inside, we don't know how many Samaritans were in that group. Perhaps it was five and five. Perhaps it was nine and one. Perhaps it was nine Jews and one Samaritan. And that's not much of a But perhaps they began to meet together, much like those sheep and those wolves, because they had to have some common work together. Perhaps they met together to appear to Jesus in their aggregated direction.
Bible would save somebody's life. Let me tell you right now, we went crazy on that stuff. I need to hear a lot more amen. Somebody's like, I'm getting mad. You know what? It's okay. It's okay. We let the government tell the church to shut down when the church should have been telling the government, shut up! We've got God on our side, and the gates of hell will never prevail against us. Not a one of them.
people quit listening of what the message is. That's what the generation Z is just about. Generation Z, they are born 
I was relevant to those issues. But I love it when faith people show themselves to religious people. They show themselves there, and they end up preaching about those relevant issues. Pansexuality, pansexuality, drugs, alcohol. Isn't it amazing when faith people show up in the church? They've got not just a story. they got a testimony. Amen? When they get up and say, i got to give God glory. He delivered me just like he did those lepers. He healed me. He saved me. And you know what? I'm going to be one of those that turns around and comes back to God, giving him glory. Saved people show themselves to religious people. Their stories become testimony. And that's what we need to start doing right now. As you say, are you truly saved? We need to start testifying. We need to start preaching. We need to start teaching. We need to start making Christianity relevant to the issues of today because it most certainly is. It addresses all of them. It addresses every bit of them. And the Bible isn't quiet about it. And what's funny to me is that there's more people online right now preaching about how homosexuality is biblical versus the church preaching about how it's not biblical and God will judge it. However, I want to caution you not to get into an argument with those people online. When you were growing up, did you have someone to give you the age of the class? That person you're arguing with online is probably the person you ate that group. You don't need to do that. Number two. Number two, we have to make those issues relevant. People today, we need to think about what they're going through today. Their society, their reality today is different than our reality. And we need to look at it. We need to look at it and see adultery is a part of our life today. Um, you know what? If you look up the word, Divorce nowadays, you know what they say? When a man or woman can't get along. You know what divorce means? Divorce is the breaking of two hearts, the breaking of a bondage between man, woman, and God Almighty. It is painful, it hurts, and it takes the power of God to heal that. And you know, you've been through it, you know. The person comes to blind eyes to the level of things in the Bible. We better, we better get back to doing what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to proclaim truth. We're supposed to preach truth. We're supposed to reach them before the devil does. You know what? Number two is when saved people make it to you, they also show themselves to their families in that order. They love the family. Here again, we have family here for their family. But let me tell you, when saved people show themselves to start talking about Jesus in their family, show a family you confess, shut up, go away. I don't even hear about it. You know what they do? They begin proclaiming to that state person that family group. You don't really need that church. You need us. And they actually put that state person in the rock of the heart of Christ. Don't you love me more than that church? How many of you know what I'm talking about? And then you start preaching to them because that's what Pastor said. You start preaching to them because that's what your Bible says. You start preaching to them because that's what you're learning. And because it is something that you can do. It is something that you can do. And they begin forcing you. Your gospel is supposed to change to be with us. 
Apostle Paul addresses that issue, and he tells us in Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, that there is just one gospel, and it cannot be changed. And if we change it, we will be absurd. We need to get back to that. Back to proclaiming that there's one gospel. There isn't two Jesuses. There isn't two churches. There isn't two gospels. There isn't this church is loving, and that church isn't. Now, it's either one church is full of the Holy Spirit, or one church is dead as it can be. One gospel, one Lord, one Bible, one baptism. Church, there's one body. And if we will get back to proclaiming God's gospel, we will find ourselves being relevant to the issues of today. Number three.
Prayer breakfast.